Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. There's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite Bravo shows and Bravo celebrities here. So join me, Bravo and Botox, as I find the depth amongst the shallow. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bravo Papers Bravo Breaking News. So, first of all, I'm a day late. I know. I know. It's not good. But you will not believe this ridiculous story. I mean, it's real. It's ridiculous, but real. I feel like I'm Jessel talking to the rest of the Housewives of New York. No one's going to believe me, but it is real. Okay, so I thought the microphone was broken. I couldn't get it. You know, when I plug it in, this little blue light turns on. And I couldn't get my software program to detect it. So I'm like, okay, it's not lighting up. Something must be wrong. So then I decided, how about I order a new one? It was kind of like, you know, when you go through the motions of like, it can't be broken. I just got it. Like, I haven't even had it a year yet. Whatever. You know, you go through all that. And then I was like, okay, maybe it is just broken. It wasn't a super expensive mic. I got a cheaper one because to start out with, because I didn't know if I was going to, you know, like podcasting. I didn't know if anyone was going to listen or give a shit. So anyway, so I ordered another one. Then today I plugged it in again before the new one came and lo and behold it's working so now I'm gonna have to return the other one so I whatever not the biggest deal at least I'll get my money back but you know it's just a pain because now I gotta like go to the post office and put the return slip thing and tape it on and drive whatever all that stuff that it's just like it's you know, it's not going to cost me anything to return it. It's just going to cost me time, which, you know, to me, time is a commodity. And I just don't feel like doing it, to be honest. But anyways, the good news is that I'm here and it's Monday, October 2nd that I'm recording this, but you'll be getting it on Tuesday, October 3rd. So again, my apologies for the day late. Um, But this may have all been just a blessing in disguise because Bethany decided to put out some sort of, I don't even know what to call it. I don't know if it's a rant, an apology, uh, fuck you, I told you so, everyone. Like, I don't even know what it is. But it came out last night, and I guess now I can talk about it. So uh, maybe that's a curse in disguise, I don't know. But you know what? I read it because I assumed that it is something I should share on the Bravo Weekly News. And if I had to sit through it, then guess what? So do you, because misery loves company. So let's go. So (laughs) let me just preface it by saying, okay, word salad. I know word salad is like the term of the year that everyone keeps saying, but this is a legit word salad. Now, Bethany is like, Not only does she do word salads, she's not that creative with them. Like she kind of just, it's like she came up with like four or five terms that she loves to throw around that kind of sound like they have substance, but really they don't. And she just sort of recycles and repeats them and reuses them. And like some of them, for example, are... Um, what was the one that I was really... Oh, zero-sum game. She loves saying zero-sum game. This reality TV is a zero-sum game. Like, she loves saying that. Um, you know, she's she loves saying... What was the other one? Oh, someone is always winning and someone is always losing. Okay. <laughs> I was one of the best to play the game. Like, she loves talking about playing the game and and, you know, quick wit and, you know, it's, you must kill or be killed. Like these are all her common phrases. 
She uses them all the time when she's talking about reality TV and her quote unquote reality reckoning and blah, blah, blah. And she says them. She has said these so many times. It's like it, it just it like it's giving me a headache. It's at the point where it's like we get it. We know we heard you the first 15,000 times. And the phrases are, you know, when you say something so many times that it starts to lose meaning, like she's just, it's losing meaning at this point because it's so repetitive. And it's like these phrases, they no longer hold any substance at all because of the amount of time she uses them. Okay. And I mean, this is one thing that Bethany is good at and bad at. She's good. She's a, she's a good like salesperson, con artist. You know, she's good at sort of talking in circles and spinning things. But in terms of saying anything of substance, of intelligence, etc., she's not good at that. And this statement, because I don't know what else to call it, shows just that. So I'm not going to read the whole thing because honestly, it's a whole lot of nothing. And I was reading through the comments to kind of see, okay, what other people think of it? Same thing. Everyone's like, okay, so you said nothing. Most importantly, nothing new. Like this, it's same old shit. Like same old shit that we've heard a thousand times. So basically she says, um, in response to the conversation I started, I've been reflecting a lot on my own career, my words, my actions, and of course, my opinions. I've been thinking about the media and entertainment and its role in provoking skewed opinions towards current events. I mean, like that is the most vague statement. Skewed opinions towards current events. I mean, a skewed opinion, first of all, that could be anything. Second of all, a skewed opinion is subjective. And it really doesn't mean anything. Because an opinion is an opinion. It's like an asshole. Everybody has one. And on top of that, uh, it's not fact. Okay. Anyways, in provoking skewed opinions. Okay. So that would mean that the media provokes people to have opinions that I guess Bethany thinks are skewed. But again, that's just Bethany's opinion about whether your opinion is skewed. Because somebody else could say your opinion's accurate. That's why it's an opinion. Anyways, okay. So as we've entered a world where everyone is afraid to share how they feel, I've tried to be authentic in sharing my views based on what is presented to me and weighing in on popular topics. Opinions are obviously heavily influenced by the media machine. Okay. So does she mean her opinions are heavily influenced by the media machine or other people's? Because she says that everyone is afraid to share how they feel and she's tried to be authentic sharing her views, but she shared her views based on what is presented to her. So is she admitting that maybe what's been presented to her, or maybe she's only taken what's been presented to her at face value and hasn't taken the time to really critically think about it or analyze it in a meaningful, intelligent manner. I don't think that's what she's saying, though, because that would be much too poignant for Bethany. But I'm. But then she says opinions are heavily influenced by the media machine. So I'm like, does, is that her way of saying that if I've had, you know, stupid opinions, it's not my fault because it's the media machine is feeding them to me. Like that, again, again, we have to really interpret because Bethany's written communication skills are so poor that she only knows how to speak in kind of empty cliches and she doesn't know, you know, how to choose precise word choice that will really communicate her thoughts clearly. So then she says, while I may not agree with everything the royals or popular celebrity does or says, I don't know them. Okay, thanks, Captain Obvious. I only know the them, quote unquote, the media machine has presented. It's our job to err on the side of the human being versus the for-profit vehicle. 
So I think this is in reference to, I guess, like her having Nini on her uh, podcast and her having uh, Rachel, Raquel, whatever on and, and things like that. And, you know, people kind of came back at her and were like, well, you know, you have ripped apart Meghan Markle based on stuff you've seen online and you've torn her down. Like, why are you all of a sudden acting that you're like this voice for, you know, a woman of color like Nene Leakes or or any other, you know, person who might be uh, from a disenfranchised group, etc. So I think people were kind of calling her out on that. So I think that's why she's making the reference to the royals. Um, but again, it's our job to decide to err on the side of the human being. But you weren't erring on the side of the human being when you were coming after Meghan Markle. I Okay. Well, I have criticized certain celebrities with the goal of protecting my daughter and children from false beauty ideals and images. I mean, yeah, that's maybe why you've gone after like the Kardashians. I don't know what that has to do with the Meghan Markle stuff, but whatever. The responsibility of parenting falls on the parent, though the media doesn't make it any easier. Well, yeah, duh. Like, she says this like it's so groundbreaking. Like, thanks, we know that. There's a reason they teach media studies and media literacy in schools. Like, I'm not saying it's perfect and that most people get it and can critically think about the media but like she's acting like she's saying something that is so groundbreaking when really she's saying something that we've known for a long time already oh the media puts beauty standards on young girls groundbreaking bethany thank you okay so conflict and judgment is what sells the housewives you don't say I thought we just watched it, like, you know, just to see them go to dinner, talk about their kids leaving for college and how sad they are. And then, you know, maybe like a half hour of glam. I had no idea people watch these shows for drama. That That is shocking. Like, she's just, it's too much. Okay. Um, it has become a phenomenon in society. Okay, yeah, thanks. Like, you're 20 years late. It's been, like, The Housewives was a phenomenon when it started. It was the first thing of its kind when it came to, like, showcasing an older demographic of women. I'm not saying old, older. Um, and showing their lives in a different way. Like, yeah. We know. <laughs> Then she's like featuring a larger than life group of more than a hundred women who have pretend uh, who I have pretended to know. I've met them, worked with them, and I've judged them, um, but without. But basically, she says she's in an environment for judgment and conflict. Okay, like she always. Here's the thing: is like she's acting like this is like a new reflection for herself. She. If Bethany is smart enough to create Skinny Girl brand and be successful with it, then she was smart enough to know this the whole time she was doing it. She was not sucked into the housewives world at age 16 and put in it against her will with no knowledge. She was a grown adult who was, you know, soon after getting on the show, was getting pregnant, getting married. She was a fully aware, fully developed human. So enough with the excuses. Anyways, um, so since exiting this dynamic, I've realized that I didn't know any of these women at all. Okay, well, then maybe you're dumber than I thought. I don't. So I've now had the opportunity to spend time with and understand many of these women. Absent of cameras, publicists, leaked media articles, competition and shows designed to bring out our worst. I've come to realize that I adored many of these women for years before reality TV and began to strongly dislike them in the process. Okay. What has changed? Have they changed? Or is it the toxic environment designed to put women against each other in the name of money and ratings? Again, is she wrong 
that it might be a toxic environment designed to get women to have drama with each other for ratings and money. She's not wrong. But here's the thing. The women in it also know that. (laughs) And guess why they stay in it? And why they want the job back so badly every year? Money. The exact thing that she said in here. Money and opportunities. Just like a celebrity or an actor who becomes an A-list celebrity, they know that that might come with some really shitty things like stalkers, paparazzi, not getting any privacy. Um, But they also want the good stuff, so they deal with the bad stuff. Just like some people who work shit jobs that don't pay well, but they still love the job, will still do it, even though there's some bad things about it. I like, and again, I'm not excusing the, you know, the real bad behavior that goes on, like, you know, Tom Sandoval taking that sex tape and, you know, screen recording it when he shouldn't have done that. that that's not the same. But the idea of like, oh, you know, we should throw the whole thing out because you know, putting women on TV and letting them have drama in a reality TV show setting is, you know, morally wrong. If the women are grown adults and they're okay with it, and they're like, yeah, I'm good to come on and have petty fights about, you know, whatever, about, oh, you didn't support me as a friend, and I heard you said this behind my back, and then let them. If they want it, if they hate it, they can leave. So, okay. And then here we go with the cliches. I said I wasn't going to read this whole thing, but no. Okay, I'm not. I swear, I am not, Bethany. You will not get me. Okay. To be successful and to thrive in reality TV, you must kill or be killed. (laughs) Okay. She's so dramatic. Oh, my God. I mean, like, I wouldn't, I don't know. There are, I can already in my head right now think of a lot of housewives who I would not describe as ever having killed or be killed in reality TV. Like, I don't know, Cynthia from Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like, yeah, there's people who've gone through shit, but a lot of it has been their own personal lives imploding. And like, whether that would have happened or not, you know, if reality TV wasn't present, we can't know that for sure. You know, and yes, fights happen between the friendships because of reality TV, because they're trying to make a show. Yes. But would Shannon Bedore, like the real serious shit, would Shannon Bedore still have divorced David? Yes. That marriage probably, that marriage would have still ended, let's be honest. Would Shannon Bedore have still got in her car while drinking or after drinking. Yeah, probably. Uh, there's a lot of things that would have... S- Sorry, Shannon, that you have to be the sacrificial lamb here. But, you know, there's a lot of shit that would have still happened or was even happening before the show started filming. Like, Erica Jane and her husband were not pulling that scam because they got onto Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. They were probably already involved in that beforehand. Which, actually, we know they were. Same as Jen Shaw. She was already doing that shit. A lot of the serious stuff is stuff that, you know, yes, it it heightens it, certainly. Because now it's on TV and you have all public opinion. That I get, totally. But, like, to say it's 100% the cause for, like, all these, the serious negative things that have happened, eh, that might be a bit of a stretch. Okay? I'm sure that reality TV is to blame for some things, hundred percent. Some things have been sort of taken advantage of or spun out of control. Absolutely. But again, like her, she chooses the worst examples. Like the example of like women, like just arguing with each other and like the petty fights and the, um, you know, the toxic environment designed to pit women against each other in the name of money and ratings. Like, yeah, that's going to be a hard sell. Like most people aren't going to be like, She's right. We shouldn't have shows where women ever have conflict with each other. Let's cancel every single one that involves women having conflict with each other. Like, that's just not going to happen. 
It's just not. Like, people like drama. And people like it when it's between a man and a woman, too. (laughs) It's not just about women versus women. So I was one of the best. Oh, yeah. And then she's like, it is someone is always winning and someone is always losing in this war zone. Okay. That's true. But the person who's losing season two often gets to win season three. And then they get to lose season four and then win season four again, unless you're Shannon Bedore, and then you lose 10 seasons in a row. Um, But my point is that it's, it's like, it's entertainment. So they're up and down. So again, like, yeah, someone is always losing, but it's, I don't, it's not that deep. Like most of it, unless it gets deep when things like Scandal happen, because then people get, you know, it does kind of spin out of control. But at the same time, you know, a lot of that is in reference to how one handles it. So, and again, like Raquel and Tom did it. They did what they did. They didn't have to do that. Reality TV did not, the producers did not put guns to their head and say, have an affair on Ariana. And it wasn't, that wasn't like a storyline or a drama that was created by the show. They were actually trying to hide that from the show. The only reason it got out there is because Ariana found out. I don't know. Sorry, I'm getting way off topic. I feel like I'm just ranting all over the place, but let me keep going. Hopefully you like this. If you don't, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. So again, it is a zero-sum game where people like myself have grown businesses and people less strategic become broke or canceled. I mean, she just cannot help but congratulate herself. She's one of the strategic smart ones who was successful and made something. And all the ones who got canceled, it's because they're just, you know, they're not as good. They're just less strategic. Okay. I was one of the best to play the game. Like, she just cannot help herself. And what does that say about me? I was a broke girl who wanted it so badly that my one-liners and quick wit, often at others' expense, made me rise through the ranks of this topic cesspool. She really, her punctuation is, like, it's actually driving me crazy. Like, she has a period after expense. Unless, like, that's just... Oh, no, that's a comma. Okay, I was about to die. Okay. So perhaps this medium preys on and profits from those of us who are emotionally flawed and damaged. I mean, I could argue that everyone is emotionally flawed and damaged. It's just to what extent... We're all emotionally flawed and damaged, but again, to what extent are we? And I would argue that there are some people on these shows that are more emotionally damaged than others, and some who are less. There, are, there. That's why there's always like the, you know, the more steady neutral one in each cast or whatever. There's always the ones that are more batshit than others. So anyways... Okay, so blah, blah, blah. When people say we signed up for this and that I'm a hypocrite, I want to be fair and honest in my response. I did not know what I signed up for. Would I do it again not to be broke, alone, and afraid? Yes. Okay, so then this is all a moot point. If you would do it again because it got you out of a shitty situation, then I like I don't. what do you want from us? <laughs> There's people who do much worse things for money in this world in order to survive and get by. Um, When people say we signed up for this and that I'm a hypocrite, I want to be fair and honest in my response. But you're not being fair and honest because you only, here's the thing, that would be okay, but she's only acknowledging the negative. Like she seems to not want to acknowledge any of the positive. And that's the thing is like, I don't disagree with her that there is some, there is negative. And that reality TV can have a negative effect on people and their mental health and their lives. It totally can. But we also can't ignore the fact that it can also have a positive effect. The truth, again, as usual, is somewhere in the middle. You're going to have some people who are going to say, reality TV has been amazing for me. It's helped me. You're going to have people like Candy. It helped me launch multiple businesses, helped me further my career. I met my husband. I had my beautiful children. I've had good experiences. And even the negative ones, they've been bad, but the positive have overrode it. You're going to have those people. Okay. You're also going to have people who, like Raquel, who it ended badly. 
and they're not going to have the same emotional reaction. Okay, and then the argument about whether it's reality TV's fault or their own fault, I mean, we could go on with that forever because there are arguments to be made on both sides. That's just reality. No pun intended. Okay, Um, so she didn't know what she signed up for. She was just an innocent fawn in the woods. Okay, does this justify the environment designed to exploit women desperate for money? No, it doesn't justify it. Um, But again... Like, it's just so hard because I cannot say on any level that signing up as a grown woman for a reality show that you know is about drama between other grown, yourself and other grown women. Like, I just, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that anyone would sign up for that and not have some knowledge that the whole point of it is exploitation. I know that sounds really bad and victim blamey, but what I'm trying to say is that if I was signing up for a reality show, I just feel like I would have some knowledge that by definition, they are exploiting me in terms of my life. Because if you're you're taking my life, my supposed real day-to-day life, and you're using it for entertainment, I mean, that is kind of the definition of exploitation. So... This whole idea of it exploits women desperate for money. I mean, I'd also take issue with that because most of the women who come on the show are not desperate for money. In fact, a lot of them, you know, they come on for other reasons. A lot of them come on for fame. They come on because they're rich and they think it would be something kind of fun to do on the side, like Sutton. (laughs) Some of them come on because maybe their acting career has cooled a little and they're trying to get it back out there again, like Lisa Rinna or Garcelle. You know, some of them come on because they truly just, they do just want the paycheck. It doesn't mean they're desperate and they had no other source of income possible, but it's also just like, hey, this is a, a good job and something I can do. And we have also had ones who've come for, like, a sense of safety and protection. Like, I remember, I'll never forget, like, Taylor talking about coming on the show. You know, whether you agree with the way that Bravo handled that or not, Taylor did say that she was hoping the cameras would afford her some protection from her abusive ex. And it's really sad that that doesn't seem to have happened. But I think she really felt like maybe if they watched it from the outside and she had cameras, producers, people around, that it would get her out of that situation, which, I mean, technically it kind of did. But, yeah, it's just, like, there's all sorts of different reasons. Like, she's very much oversimplifying the issue. Um, Does the cost have to be so great that it creates a society at large that glorifies women trashing each other for profit? I mean... It creates a society at large. No, it's part of society at large. Our society already pits women against each other, even without reality TV. There's a reason why people can't stop comparing Taylor Swift and Beyonce's tours, even though they're completely different artists and have nothing to do with each other. And there's a reason people pitted, you know, Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera when they first came out. Our society does that. Is reality TV and Housewives helping with that? No, it's not. I admit that. Is it the cause of it, though? No, it's not the cause, but it's certainly part of it. Um, I, I mean, I would also argue that the show does also show friendship and that it does show some bonds between women as well. I mean, it does show that, too. It does. Okay, I wanted fame and money and a chance at being something. So I wanted fame and money. Okay, great. Like, no, I don't think anyone's faulting Bethany for that. I think she's kind of confused at what people are annoyed at with her. Um, And then what was the other thing she says? She talks more about the machine, women tearing each other down. It's just like a lot of repetition. Um, and then she basically criticizes Bravo's statement that they're going to have, you know, an onset psychologist, reduction of alcohol consumption. You know, she says it's a nice step, but will not suffice. Okay. I guess we'll see. We'll get more. I don't know. 
Um, lives have been made and lives have been ruined. Okay. Networks have made billions and time is now up. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, you can get like she can do whatever she wants and 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 maybe it's going to lead to the end of Bravo and to the end of all of Housewives. Is that the end of all reality TV and media that involves patriarchy and sexism? No. Cuz that's a greater, larger systemic societal issue. And the more that that issue is addressed on a foundational level, the better our media will reflect that, including reality TV. Okay, that's, you know, we saw that with the reboot of Roni in response to, you know, what was going on with um, racism and with some of the things that Ramona said and did and, you know, the list goes on and on. Has Bravo handled all that stuff across the board for its network perfectly? No, they've screwed a lot of it up and they've done a poor job of a lot of it. But it, it we are seeing a cultural shift and a move in a different direction. And, you know, that's something that's going to need to keep happening and it's going to keep going and it's going to take a long time. It's not going to happen overnight. Um... I am so grateful for the opportunities this road has provided me. You could have fooled me. Um, oh, and here, this is my favorite line. I've walked away from Bravo shows, money, and opportunities three times. She loves that story. And the reason she loves that story is because that really comes down to what this is all about, which is, again, when she was on Watch What Happens Live, and it was revealed on the show that she was not asked to be on Roni Legacy, and you see on her face... When Andy's like, yeah, I didn't ask her back. And you can just see it on Bethany's face. She's just, she's not happy. Um, I'm sorry to the people who I have judged and criticized perpetuating the media machine. Okay. So again, she's obsessed with this machine. And here's the thing, like the media machine, it's so vague and it could, and like the media is so many different things and it's so complex that like her going after the machine like it's it's almost too big to be even practical because it's like what specifically do you want to target and are you just not going to take part in media at all because you're saying the whole machine is problematic so that would mean get off tiktok get off socials you know i i it's just like it's almost like so big and vague that it's just mind-numbing. Okay. So the reality reckoning is true. It's real. And I need to lead by example and evolve for myself, for you and my daughter. And, and then she also always sticks reference to her daughter in there just to remind us that she's a mom and that means her opinions are somehow more valuable, etc., etc. Okay. So I think it's her way of trying to get out of being quote unquote canceled because she thought she was canceled because of, you know, the TJ Maxx thing. That's all. That's the only sense I can make of it. It really is. Okay. So I've talked about this way too long. I'm sorry. You know, she always sucks me in. She's just, you know why? Because my least favorite type of people are the not smart people who think they're smart. I'm okay with the not smart people who kind of know they're not that smart. I'm down with those people. But the people like Bethany who think that they're smarter than everyone else, they drive me crazy. Okay, so let's talk about The Real Housewives of Potomac, a much better topic. So the trailer came out. And I think it looks great. And I'm very excited. Um, I mean, I always get a little like, mm, when RHOP and when New Jersey are starting, because they are definitely the two most contentious fandoms. I'm not saying that the shows are necessarily any more contentious than any of the other Housewives shows, because they're not. But the fandoms are like very opinionated. Very, 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 very opinionated. Um, 
Now, RHOP, it didn't used to be like that, but ever since the Monique-Candace fight, it's just turned in a certain direction and it's kind of never gone back. And people have very strong opinions. So, you know, I'm still excited though. But, you know, I'm kind of glad that both shows are not on at the same time because it would be a lot. But in other news, Mia from Potomac has filed for divorce from her husband, Gordon, which is not like super shocking because in the trailer there's talk, you know, you see her saying how she consulted a divorce lawyer in one of the scenes. So we're not totally shocked about that, Um, but it seems like, I don't know, it seems like he was having financial problems. So, you know, a lot of people are kind of like, is she divorcing him because he's broke or because he's going broke or whatever? I guess we will see on the season. Um, Now, Monique Samuels, well, I guess she's not maybe going to be Samuels much longer, but she also finalized her divorce from Chris Samuels. It was fast. Like, it was very fast. Um, The weird thing, though, well, actually, it's not weird. It's completely planned, is that she, of course, announced this. It was either the day of or the day after the Potomac trailer came out. (sighs) Monique, I am not a Monique fan. She drives me crazy um, because she always has to do something in the press whenever there's a big Potomac announcement. Like, she just cannot let these women have their moment. She's so salty about the way things ended up for her on the show, which, by the way, was all her own fault anyways. But, and I know I know, there's Candace haters out there listening who are like, no, Candace was asking for it. Like, sorry, I don't subscribe to that. Um, and I love Candace. So at the end of the day, It's just like she's always stealing the thunder from Potomac, and I hate it. But, you know, it looks like on the season, it looks like Ashley, I mean, whether you like Ashley or not, she's, Ashley's a good reality star. She's just, she knows what's up. Um, But Ashley and Candace are really getting into it. It looks like Mia and Karen are getting into it, which I am looking forward to. And there is a new cast member as well. So we look forward to that. So I also have a little bit of Vanderpump Rules news. Um, Okay, so we all know that Tom Sandoval has a podcast. Best thing you can do and that we can all do is ignore it and not listen to it. (laughs) Okay, now that being said, he announced it the day after Ariana was on Dancing with the Stars, which was rude of course. And of course he did that on purpose. I mean, this guy, he's a narcissist. He can't stand to not have the attention. He can't stand that his ex, who he thought he was going to villainize so that he could keep being the favorite, he cannot stand that she's in the limelight now and no one cares about him except, well, they care about hating him, I guess. Uh, but I, I, no matter how much he tries to lean into it and act like he's cool with it as a joke... He doesn't. It drives him crazy. Trust me. That's just his personality. Um, So Jax, I mean, not that we need Jax's opinion, but anyways, Jax said that it was rude for Sandoval to announce the podcast the day after Ariana was on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, duh. (laughs) Like, thanks, Jax. But I feel like Jax, ever since Scandoval, I feel like Jax just kind of reaches for these really obvious opinions that are also like the popular opinions that he knows are going to get people on his side or or he knows like no one can disagree with that opinion so he's going to put it out there because Jax is like you know he's working his way back onto tv this is all part of his game plan every step is calculated um Tom apparently heavily implied on his podcast though that he was suicidal during Scandival time um Listen, maybe he was. I don't know. I'm not going to take anything he says at face value, even if it is a serious topic like that. Because this man has, you know, like they say, he's shown us who he was. He has lied about this exact topic topic before in regards to someone else, which is Ariana. 
if he'll lie about it in relation to Ariana, you know, I can't trust anything that he says. So it's not that I'm saying I believe him or don't believe him. I'm just going to go with it's kind of a moot point because everything out of his mouth the last year has been a lie. So I'm not all of a sudden going to be like, okay, here's what I'm going to choose to believe and here's what I'm not going to choose to believe. I'm just kind of done listening to anything he says because that's that's what we have to do. He's I, like the man is a pathological liar. And most people I don't think would lie about something this serious, but he has literally done it. Yeah, I'm sorry, but he has. So take that as you will. Um, he also mentioned that he wouldn't be allowed to film for Winter House unless he filmed the Scandal scenes with uh, Lisa and Sheena. But then after he filmed those, he was basically told by production that there's no point in filming Winter House. So he felt manipulated. Um, okay, boohoo, cry me a river. I really feel not bad for him at all. And I also feel like they're doing him a favor. There is a such thing as overexposure. I know Tom Sandoval does not subscribe to this, but there really is a such thing as being too exposed to the point that, I mean, let's look at Bethany. There is, you know, it is a PR technique to go away for a while, especially when something like this happens. The more you talk, the more you're out there, the more criticism you're opening yourself up to and the more possible missteps you might take. Again, since Tom is so into himself and thinks he's so amazing, he doesn't see this. <laughs> so he is really like, okay, the more of me, the better. If I go on Winter House, everyone's going to see how fun and cool and awesome and amazing I am, right? Like, how else could it go? <laughs> he just has no self-awareness at all. Like, he has no clue that they did him the biggest favor. Because if he had gone on Winter House, I mean, we would be ripping him to shreds. And even just him talking about it, we're ripping him to shreds. So, anyways, if you didn't watch Dancing with the Stars, by the way, Ariana killed it. She looks so hot. And she did such a good job. And Mauricio was terrible. Like, really bad. <laughs> okay. Liz, I'm not a dance expert or anything, but... And I don't watch Dancing with the Stars. I just watched, like, on YouTube, the two of them. Mauricio was so stiff. Like, I don't think he's going to last much longer. But, I mean, I wasn't really expecting Mauricio to be good. I was... I could see Ariana being good. You can just tell that she kind of has it. Um, then I also got this DM from a follower. So, again, I, I don't have this, like, verified... Um, but I did get a DM from a follower who told me that she was on a JetBlue flight and the flight ended up being delayed for two hours because Jax was on the flight and threw a fit over not having a first class seat. I mean, my first question was JetBlue has first class, but apparently they do. And yeah, the flight was delayed. So, you know, Jax is going to Jax. <laughs> is the story believable? Uh, yeah, it is. Do I know 100% it's true? No, I don't. But I just wanted to share that because it was a little, you know, inside tea. All right, let's talk about Roni for a bit because we're coming towards the end of the season and they released their reunion looks. Um, okay, so Jenna wore jeans and everyone's like freaking out. Some people freaking out because they're like, this is iconic. She's fashion icon. Da, da, da. Other people are freaking out because they're like, this is not appropriate. You should not be wearing jeans to a reunion. So there's a lot of mixed opinions. I'm not one who is like, this is what you should and shouldn't wear to a reunion. You know, besides outside of like the obvious, like don't come in your pajamas and sweatpants. But you, like, I'm not like, you cannot wear this particular garment, like, or type of fabric, like jeans to a reunion. I don't really subscribe to that. Now, that being, so, like, I don't really care that she necessarily wore jeans. That being said, I was a little bored with her look. Not because of the jeans, just because 
I just feel like we've seen it before. Like, I feel like I've seen her wear this. And like, yes, I know she has like a signature style with denim and blazers, etc. But I feel like I've seen her wear this actual one, like with the blazer, with the skinny tie down. Like, I just wish she had done something a little like still within her signature look, but a little different. Like, rather than kind of repeating something that we've seen her do in, like, confessionals or whatever. I don't know. It was just a little, like, I just was not, I I was not affected by it. And I think that's not a good thing. Like, I had no strong reaction. I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that before. Like, I looked at her look. I was like, oh, she looked like that in her confessional. Like, it was just like, okay, next. Which, in that sense, I think she kind of missed the mark a little bit. Like, she could have done a little bit of a different spin. Erin is wearing, like, the most boring little dress. I mean, she looks beautiful because she's beautiful and hot. And she has a hot bod. But the dress is, like... I don't know. It's boring. Like, it's like a dress you would wear to, like, a summer bridal shower in the afternoon in, like, a fancy backyard. It's not... It's nothing to write home about. Brins is not bad. I I know Brins is like controversial because it's more of a like fashion kind of look. Like it has like those big sleeves and the heart and it's like velvet and whatever. And it's very dramatic. I, I don't mind it. I know some people don't get it and they really hate it. Like I do get it. I get what she was going for. My one issue is the hair. Like I just feel like there's so much going on with like the sleeves of this dress and the fabric and the heart. Like, I feel like she should have done a more simple, just pulled back hair or something, but I think it's not bad. Uh, but again, it's not like, I'm not like blown away. Um, you know, Jessel also looks very nice. I think Jessel's dress is hot and she looks beautiful too. But again, it's like, I feel like I've seen this one too. Like Jessel has worn a dress like this already. So I wish, you know, maybe she'd push the envelope a little bit further. Um, and then who else was there? Uba looks nice. Again, I was a little bored. I feel bad. Like Uba is obviously like Uba would look good in like a freaking plastic bag because she's a model and she's stunning. But her dress, what I did like about her dress was it was a little bit like throwbacky. Like I felt like it was a little bit of a nod to the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion where they all wore white. And her dress kind of looks like, oh, was it Kenya's maybe? Kenya, who had this almost kind of like white lacy-ish look. I felt like it was kind of like a modern version of that. So that I kind of liked. But again, I felt like I've seen it before. So it wasn't like I wasn't like blown away by it. Um, size, Sai looked amazing. Listen, I can't stand Sai. She's my least favorite. And that says a lot because Bryn cussed me out in DMs and Sai's still my least favorite. Sai is miserable and she's not fun to watch. If anyone does not belong on reality TV, it's Psy. I don't, like, I might even like Psy in real life. She is just not made for this, for TV. She's really not. She needs to be off the show by, goodbye. Um, But my God, did she kill it. If you've not seen her reunion look, please go look it up. The sleeves are everything. And she just looks really hot. And the color, like the, the, just everything about it, it's perfect. Um... Now, I don't care that they're not all matchy-matchy. I don't think matchy-matchy really makes sense for New York. Like, to me, New York is too fashion-forward to do matchy-matchy. And to me, just based on what I've seen from these girls, like, most of them, their style is so far beyond most of the other women from all the other franchises. Like, they really know how to do style. So I don't think you need to do matching. Um, one more thing though. So Jessel was on Watch What Happens Live recently, not as a guest, (laughs) but Bryn was on as a guest and Jessel showed up in the audience because she wanted to see hot Tyler Cameron, who was also on. (laughs) And it was hilarious because I was like, I just, it was so funny because she was supposed to be on and told Andy she was busy but then when she found out Tyler Cameron was on, I think really her plans just changed. But Andy was like, um, you were supposed to be here. So I thought that was hilarious. Just Bryn is just like in her own world. And it's so funny. 
sorry, did I say Brynn? I meant Jessel. Um, so she came on, she was in the audience. And then during that time, you know, Brynn's like, I don't know, Jessel's just kind of like forgettable sometimes, you know, like we just forget she's there. Um, and then Jessel was like, looked at Andy and was like, well, and Andy was kind of like, oh, it doesn't sound very nice to say, you know. And then Jessel looked at Andy and was like, I-, I was to your left, wasn't I? As in, like, at the reunion, I got first seat. I'm like, okay, Jessel, you tell her. I very much enjoyed that. Um, the other thing I noticed that I just could not help but pointing out, I'm sorry, this is my pettiness coming back, but I had a lot of people DM me about this, was Bryn said on the show... So this is not this last Sunday's episode, but the one before. She said that she's gotten to a point, so this is when they're still in Anguilla, that she's in her career where she only has to work 10 hours a week. She's been so successful with consulting that that's all she has to work. But in the DM that she sent me when she was losing her shit over a tweet that was a joke, she said... Sometimes she was working so much and such long hours that she wasn't even able to film, which is why they didn't get a lot of her work stuff on camera. So which one is it? I, I, I have a feeling we're not going to get much more clarity on it at the reunion, but I'm curious to see if she's asked about work and if it comes up. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Nini and Bethany. I'm sorry to bring up Bethany again, but I'm just going to kind of talk about like the the key points. Um, you know, listen, Nini was on the podcast. I don't, to me, there wasn't anything that was like so new and groundbreaking, um, you know, that is really worth like dissecting or talking about. Um, there was a lot of stuff that, you know, we didn't kind of know already. One thing I will say is that, and this is one of the things that pissed me off about it, is that Bethany will not let Nini have anything. Like everything Bethany, everything Nini is like, oh, this happened to me, that happened to me. Bethany's like, me too. That happened to me too. Oh yeah, I did that too. Like she just will not let Nini have her experiences. Like, she has to latch on to it. Um, again, you know, they do discuss the closet incident, and Nini makes a good point, which she already made when she did the interview with Carlos King, which is that other people have done, you know, violent acts or have overreacted in a moment or whatever, um, and they've still been able to come back to the show. And they've still been forgiven and she feels like she was treated differently. Um, And she's not wrong about that. That is true, right? Um, Nini also said she feels like they made the closet incident look bigger than it actually was. The cameraman didn't even really care about the shirt. He was laughing. Um, But, you know, she felt like she was being phased out, which is why she left the show. So again, like, Nothing really new that we didn't already know. I'm just kind of going through my notes just to see if there was anything that... Um, okay, so she said, and again, like, this isn't new, but she did say that she brought up a lot of complaints over the years, um, and that might have played into Bravo phasing her out. So there's that. Which, I mean, she could be right. Because they could have been like, well, we don't want the person who's going to complain. And we don't want the person who maybe it's getting to the point that we feel like she's going to talk to the press, make us look bad. Like, I could see that happening. Um, And I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying they should have addressed it, especially if she was feeling like there was unfairness, racism. Um, Nini also said, or sorry, Kyle invited Bethany to Andy's baby shower. (laughs) This is another part. And, you know, Bethany decided not to go. Uh, because she felt like everyone was going just to kiss Andy's ass and to get his attention because they want to be Andy's favorite. Again, like this is one of those things that Bethany thinks is so groundbreaking, but it's like, oh, so you're telling me that there are employees at a workplace who are sucking up to their boss and then there are other employees who don't like sucking up. Wow. 
Like, oh God. Like, yeah, welcome to every, literally every job in the world that has a boss. This occurs. Whether it's a government union job or a job in the private sector or, you know, one of Bethany's best friends that works at TJ Maxx. This goes on everywhere. Like, it's just, it, Bethany is just, uh, she's not living on this planet. Um, you know, Nini talks about her relationship with Andy. She thought they were good friends. Again, a lot of this was stuff that she had already kind of gone over on the Carlos King interview, um, which I did cover. And there was like a full comprehensive episode about it that I did with Kendrick from um, At Reality Comics 2, which I highly suggest you go back and listen to because it was a really fun episode and we broke down all the tea from Nini's interview with Carlos. So the other thing I wanted to mention from this interview was that, um, you know, Bethany and Nini kind of both agreed that maybe Andy never really liked Bethany um, and that, you know, it was the friendship was more just about work. Okay, so you were kind of like work friends. I don't know. It sounds to me from what I've heard that Andy makes friends with some of the housewives and that he sees it as a work type of relationship and keeps them kind of at arm's length because he doesn't want to get like too close in case, you know, one of them throws themselves under the bus or, you know, maybe one of them turns out to be like Jen Shah or whatever, but that they see it as more of a real friendship, which, I mean, that can happen especially with workplaces. It also is one of those things that it's like, you know, corporate doesn't care about you. And Andy's kind of corporate. But since these shows do deal with like personal lives and stuff, you know, that line does get blurred. So I'm not saying that's necessarily the housewife's fault or Andy's fault. It might just be kind of a product of the, the machine, as Bethany likes to call it. Okay. Um, so then Bethany admits something that I kind of wish she hadn't, which is that she wanted to do a show called Ebony and Ivory, where her and Nini get in an RV and go around the country to places that are stereotypically white and stereotypically black. Um, she called two production companies and an agency to pitch the idea, and they said no because Nini had legal action against Bravo. I mean, that does make sense, though, because how are they going to make a show with someone who has current legal action against them? Like, I I can blame them for things, and I definitely think there was unfairness and racism happening, but I can't... But can we blame them for that when there was legal action going on? Were they allowed to? Like, I don't know the legalities of it. Um, anyways, it also just sounds like a terrible idea for a show because Bethany would have been so cringe, and she probably would have got herself canceled. I know she would have been saying offensive things. And I know she would have been staying, saying stupid, ignorant things the whole time. Like, oh, God. Like, Bethany should be grateful that they didn't make that show. Um, but Nini says basically she wasn't able to work in any area of entertainment from, you know, basically when she did her last reunion until last year because she thinks it was all retaliation because she took legal action against Bravo. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious. Now... If they are barring her from working for other networks and companies that are not related to Bravo, that's really wrong. I can understand, though, that they might not want to give her a chance because she took legal action. I still think they should. Because clearly she wants to come back to work. And clearly she was treated unfairly with some things. So I do think that, like, you know, that they should have a sit down and that she should get another chance. And I would love to see Nini on TV again. I really would. Um, Nini said she feels sad for Andy because he doesn't have a forgiving heart. <laughs> I don't think that's going to help you get forgiven, Nini. Um, she said she's tried to find ways to sit down and talk with him, but he doesn't want to do it. Okay. So the ball is in your court, Mr. Cohen. And I'm sure a lot of people would be happy if the two of you could, you know, talk it out. I really think a lot of Housewives fans would be very happy. It sounds like Nini would be happy too. Okay, a couple last things before we end off today. 
Um, so Kyle and Mauricio, just a quick update. Kyle confirmed that they are separated. So he's always getting chased by these paparazzi outside the Dancing with the Stars studio. You think he'd be more prepared for these interviews, but I don't know. It seems like he's not, and he just flies by the seat of his pants. But basically, he said, yeah, we were separated, but not when people announced it. So whoever ran that story should be fired. Um, I don't believe him. I really don't. Because, <laughs> like, they confirmed it not that long after. I mean, he's probably splitting hairs. Anyways, um, he also says there's no doubt in his mind that Kyle has not cheated with Morgan and that they're just good friends. Okay, keep telling yourself that, Mauricio. I mean, he obviously doesn't even believe that. He just wants us to believe it because, I don't know, he thinks we're all as dumb as he is, I guess. Um, so uh, Kyle did also now confirm that they were separated. And then there was like some pictures of her today looking all upset after the confirmation of their separation. Like, I'm just very confused. I thought it was already confirmed that they were separated. And now her and Kyle are act, or her and Mauricio are acting like this is breaking news and they're like reacting to it in real time. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, does anyone even... Like, I don't even find this to be that newsworthy. Like, I'm covering it, obviously, but, like, I have always thought they were separated since that People article came out. Like, I didn't need Kyle and Mauricio to confirm it for me, because I don't believe anything Kyle and Mauricio say anyways, because the two of them are all about their, like, image and their, like, little family media machine that they've made with Netflix and Bravo, and, like, they are so wrapped up in the kind of like fame career side that's mixed with their personal life. They I don't even know if they know what's real and what's not at this point. Um, on another thing, we also have RHOC and RHOC has also filmed their reunion. And you know, the reunion looks were, I don't know, they were fine. I mean, everyone's making fun of Taylor's cause everyone says she looks like a a jewel or a, or a vape or whatever. So that is kind of funny. Um, Shannon's, I think Shannon looks good. I know a lot of people will disagree with that. Her hair is so big. People are like, oh my God, it's giving Teresa wedding vibes. I kind of liked it on her. I think it's fun. It's a reunion. Like to me, like the reunions are almost like when an artist goes on stage, like I feel like they can really like go, it's like a confessional, like give us a look. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to just be like subdued and pretty. It can be over the top, which I'm okay with. Um, you know, I think overall, like they looked nice, but I wasn't like blown away by anything. Emily looked really nice, but again, it was a little like meh. Um, Tamara looked fine. Again, I feel like I've seen her in this like, you know, jumpsuit thing like a thousand times, but you know, she looks great. You know, Taylor, her dress wasn't, it's not for me, but like she didn't look bad or anything. Um, I'm trying to think, wait, who else is even on this cast? Yeah, Heather's was fine. It was also, I just thought it was kind of boring. So I wasn't blown away by any of them. And the preview for the reunion, that was what really got me. It was very lackluster and very short. So I was kind of like, does that mean there's nothing good in it? I was a little worried. And then they showed a little like preview clip of the first like six minutes of it. And it was also boring. So I don't know. Maybe they already yelled about everything they could yell about during the season and there's nothing left. <laughs> I guess we'll see. All right. So last thing that I got to mention is that John, as in um, Shannon's John. Sorry, my brain is working really slow. I'm really tired today. Um... John Jansen's son, is that how you say his last name, Jansen, has been arrested for vandalism in Newport Beach. So I guess John is becoming very familiar with the Newport Beach County Jail. He's had to go there a couple times in the last two weeks. So there's that. Make of that what you will. I guess uh, John's having a rough go lately. <laughs> okay, so that is your Bravo breaking news for Tuesday, October 3rd. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, and just a heads up, next weekend is Canadian Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to all my Canadian listeners. 
Um, but for my non-Canadian listeners, it is, you know, our holiday long weekend. And I'm going to be away at my in-law's cottage. And because of this, it is like a cottage and like the boonies and there is no Wi-Fi and I barely get a signal, which is the worst part of going, of course, because I hate being unplugged. Um, however, I am looking forward to a weekend away, um, but I won't be able to report record my Bravo Weekly News. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to maybe do a late episode when I get back, but if not, we may just have to miss that weekend. However, on the other hand, you know, for all my American listeners, on your Thanksgiving long weekend, that's not a holiday for me, so I will be recording. So it all ends up evening out. And if other and I'm sure other countries have their own holidays that I probably end up recording on. So it all really evens out in the end. Okay. So thank you so much for joining me and I hope you have a great, you know, rest of your week and we will see what new Bravo news comes to us. Hopefully nothing too crazy, but with my luck, something insane will happen right before the Thanksgiving long weekend. Either way, you are now in the know for everything Bravo. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend or a hundred friends, whatever you want. You can follow me on Instagram at the Bravo Papers or for my Twitter roundups, follow at Bravo and Botox. If you'd like to support me, please go to buymeacoffee.com slash Bravo and Botox for some much needed caffeine support. And until next time, keep overanalyzing Bravo.